Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I'm happy to have you. It's an open line Friday. It's probably about to be an open container Friday. Just, it's the end of the week. Next week, I'm not going to be here. That may make some of you happy. (laughs) I'm going to be at the beach with my kids. Uh, It's their spring break. We're stepping out for the week, but I have a, we'll leave you in good hands. I promise. Now, uh, we got some folks who have been waiting for a while. I want to go on and get to their phone calls. Let's begin with Stacy. You're up next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson show. Hey, Stacy. I mean, Eric, um, (laughs) I'm a fellow golden doodle owner as well as a German shepherd owner and there is a difference between the two one likes to lay around one is really smart i'll let you do the guessing (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey how can we get rid of these stupid covid policies my friend who works for a local municipality he had covid last week he had two of the original vaccine uh covid shots zero boosters but the municipality goes by what they call cdc guidance which means my friend, because he did not have the boosters, cannot tap in to the COVID sick leave provided by the municipality. Had he gotten the three boosters in addition to the two shots and gotten COVID, he could tap in. So oh, how does that make sense? And how do municipalities, I can understand pride being in the way of, of people's or organizations saying, look, we were wrong. But at this point, logic should trump these policies that make yes. no sense yeah i mean particularly because even if you get the booster you can still get covid uh and in fact yeah. i've got a friend who three weeks ago got covid uh had had gotten it several times and never had symptoms and just thought oh i'm one of those asymptomatic people that matter and then just got waylaid by covid had all the shots had all the boosters and had worse covid after having all the shots and boosters than he had it before he had the shots and boosters this is one of those issues you got to well, you've got to press your local elected officials uh, in municipalities that that get away with that you've got to complain to your city councilman uh, it, it takes democratic action to do this uh, and to the state legislatures as well to push through regulations, not allowing that to happen. At one point, before we knew all the stuff we know about COVID, it made a lot of sense to incentivize people to get vaccines, to not get COVID. But guess what? You're taking the vaccines, you're still getting COVID. In fact, natural immunity actually shows is, is probably giving people better immunity against COVID than the people just getting the shots. I am one of those people, I got the original shot and the booster, didn't get any more than the first two shots. I have, as far as I know, never gotten COVID. Knock on wood. I guess I should knock on my head. Uh, I I don't know that I've gotten COVID. I don't know that I've not gotten COVID. What I can tell you is I've, I've never, I, I missed, in fact, what, three weeks ago was it? Three or four weeks ago? I actually missed work for the first time for being sick since early 2020 thought Charlie thought I must have been on the verge of death because I do when I'm sick I don't take off work but I was literally in the middle of work and got waylaid by a stomach bug and and couldn't continue on because I was um running to commercial break just to throw up and I I'd like the next day I I could not be on radio first time since January of 2020 I had I'd gone out to Bill Maher's show and got sick in LA that might have been COVID I don't know I got back. I was with a buddy of mine. 
we both got super sick. Uh, he recovered a little quicker than I did. That was the last time I ever took off work uh, for being sick and until three weeks ago. I do not think I've gotten COVID, and I hadn't gotten any more shots. I don't I don't want to keep getting boosters. Uh, I And I do know people, including the buddy I was hanging out with last night, who he, he got myocarditis and has had long-term heart problems because of um, his vaccine, and they're not keeping people from getting the virus. They are not keeping people from getting sick. I'm glad we have them. I'm glad my family had them. My wife, who has incurable lung cancer, got COVID twice. She still says the vaccine made her sicker than either one of her uh, rounds of COVID. All right, uh, Hugh, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show, Hugh. Hello, Eric. I am a recovering Democrat, and you are part of my recovery. Well, thank you. My conversion started. I'm from Atlanta listening to Neil Bortz, then Rush, then Sean, and you. Um, Good I live in a divided household. I live on the uh, red side of the house. My wife lives on the blue side of the house. She has a mental illness. She suffers from Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> Listen, all right, let me just say, husband to husband, you're digging your grave right now. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I've been trying to tell you this story. So back in November, Nikki Haley came to speak at the Jewish Film uh, Book Festival. Yes. And my wife normally would not have gone and would have told me to invite one of my conservative friends, but they were having free dessert. So she came and sat through <laughs> Nikki. So <laughs> she sat through Nikki Haley's speech, didn't say a word, just kind of stoically sat there. We got home that evening, and I was just curious. I said, dear, what did you think of Nikki Haley? And her only comment was, I wish she was a Democrat. <laughs> you know, it, it, Nikki's hard to beat. I, I gotta, I gotta say. Um, and I was, I, you know, we had been. So I had uh, accompanied her a couple of years ago when she went to that. Brought my daughter. I got to be on stage with her and ask her the questions. She invited us to come last year, and, and I was out of town and I couldn't go. Um, and she's such a wonderful human being. She really is, uh, and she has a knack for being – she's one of those people, you can disagree with her, but you still come away liking her. And that's one of the issues with Trump. I think a lot of people who disagree with him, they come away disliking him. She's a very hard – you've got to have a very twisted soul to hate Nikki Haley. You can disagree with her, but it's just hard to to hate her. Um, and people like her do are very, very missional. So now what what can we do to persuade your wife that she needs to come in our direction, Hugh? It's impossible. She's extremely pro-abortion, and that's her main focus. Yeah, that 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 makes it hard. Well, listen, I I appreciate you coming our way. Just remember, uh, your wife's not the bad guy. Don't let politics interfere with your marriage. Um, we don't discuss it. Good. That that's a good way to do it. You know, and, and can I just say, in in all seriousness here. I, I get a lot of hate from conservative friends of mine for having as many liberal friends as I do. And I just find it a good, rewarding experience to be able to have friends with people I vehemently disagree with on politics and find common ground with them. Life is too short to hate someone because of who they vote for or don't vote for. You're absolutely right. Now, you have a good weekend, and we will, we, will leave, we will make sure your wife does not hear the crack about they were having free dessert, so she went. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll both be dead. My wife will find out and be mad for your wife. You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> sorry. Have a good weekend. Have a great weekend. I, uh, yeah, listen, everybody memory hold that line. No one heard Hugh say his wife went to an event because they were having free dessert. Nobody heard him say that. <laughs> All right. 877-973-7425. Ray, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Ray? Yes, this is You're Ray. up. Welcome. Yes. Hi, Eric. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. How about yourself? Doing good. When you talk, when you brought the subject up again of reparations, every time it comes up, it reminds me of how poorly things went when we resettled Native Americans out west and threw a whole bunch of money at them and set up programs that were totally misguided and created problems that were not there. Not that something should have been done, but throwing money at a problem is definitely not the way to go, especially when there's um, no good oversight, no good planning. I mean, it yeah, just makes- I mean, well, and let, let's be honest here. We also threw some, some blankets at them too. And, and that was designed to go poorly. It's just the, the, the treatment of native yeah. Americans in this country, just, just horrible. Um, yeah, and it's just it's I don't I'm going to this is going to get people mad at me. I'm going on vacation next week anyway, so <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't care, but I just look at the reservation system that we have. I'm like, why are we still pretending at this point that these are these are sovereign nations? I mean, we we, we I just why? I, and I don't mean to be offensive. It just it seems like we're I can can we not just give up and it it amounts to a fiction i think and i realize there are legal parameters and stuff but we got neil gorsuch saying essentially oklahoma is entirely uh native american territory and stuff and it's 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 it seems to operate more as a legal fiction but when you look at our treatment of native americans it it's been awful and we never solved the problems that we claimed we were solving uh you know by the way i gotta say um one of the things I'm interested in here, Ray, and thanks very much for the phone call, is Johnny Cash. You know, I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. I really like Johnny Cash a ton. Uh, Johnny Cash's music, uh, essentially spoken word music to a degree. The amount of flack that he got in his career for speaking up on behalf of Native Americans has always been interesting to me. Um, really interesting. And he was willing to take all sorts of uh, hell from people for speaking up for Native Americans in this country or American Indians, however you want to say it. It, it just, but all sorts of government programs never seem to really improve that situation. I'm, I'm one. I'm very adamant on the idea that uh, we spilled a lot of blood to set slaves free, and that's the reparations. But also, you want to pay people cash money to say their problems going away. In some many cases, it makes it worse. Have you ever studied the people who won the lottery and how it destroyed their lives? You start throwing cash money at people and you watch that money corrupt them. It doesn't fix problems. It makes problems worse. And it's hard to tell people that it really is hard to tell people that, but it happens complicated subject, but not really that complicated. When you understand the vast amount of people who died on battlefields to free slaves there's your reparations. So my kid has a queen size bed. We've got a king size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets and he's used them. He had like kid sheets and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. 
Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him Bowling Branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer, and he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of Bowling Branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had, and now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress, too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed, and it fits. It doesn't, like, bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowling Branch sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. My kind child brought me coffee to the office. I don't have a coffee machine in my new office. And I just, I'm not a cured guy. I don't, I'm, I am a admitted coffee snob. You know, so there's a, there's a coffee roaster and I, I don't, I don't want to hit them up for, for more of the Eric Erickson roast, but there's a coffee shop called Rev uh, Roasters in, in uh, Smyrna, Georgia, actually near where Charlie lives. And that we get our coffee from them, uh, whole beans. I've got a machine that grinds and makes this fantastic coffee machine. I may take it to the beach with us. But they they did a blend for me, and it had my logo on. It was really cool, and I may need to get some more from them. I just I miss not having a coffee machine at the office. But until I can afford a, one like I have at the house, I'm just going to bring coffee from the house. Okay, to the phones. Uh, Steve, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Great. Hey, I just was uh, thinking about some uh, reparations that would be appropriate for black people, and that would be to give them the right and the ability to choose what school they want to send their kids to so they don't have to be subject to these horrible inner-city schools. You know, I, I got to tell you, th- this is an argument among a lot of Republicans right now pushing this, whether in, in my state of Georgia or other states out there. Florida is expanding its school choice program, which is already probably the most expansive in the nation. There are really good teachers and really good schools in the inner city, and they get completely overshadowed by so many failing schools in these neighborhoods. And I truly believe that education is the civil rights issue of our day. There is a secret to getting ahead in America. It's not hard and it's open and it's highly contentious, uh, but there's never been a study that undermines the data. People try to undermine the data. People try to say it's not true, but all of the data shows that it is. It's very simple. Graduate from high school get married, have children, that order, graduate from high school, and I should say then get a job, get married, have kids. You do not have to go to college. If you go to college, graduate from high school, go to college, get a job, get married, have kids. Education, then marriage, then kids. 
people who get their education and then get married and then have kids have inordinate higher rates of success. When you add in, get married, have kids, stay married, it's up even higher. Uh, heterosexual two-parent households that are not divorced with kids are the most stable families in the country. That's actually not debatable. Every bit of data shows this. It um, it's it's remarkable the amount of um, the amount of data that backs this up, and part of that is a good education, the amount of quality education, the availability of education. It is the civil rights issue of our day, and putting kids in failing government schools that want to indoctrinate them and not educate them is causing all sorts of havoc in our society. What I find really notable is how so many of the major civil rights organizations in the country uh, are opposed to school choice. When you increasingly have black parents who support it. In Florida, black moms and dads voted for Ron DeSantis in overwhelming numbers because Ron DeSantis supported expanding school choice in Florida. And the Democratic candidates, Andrew Gillum uh, in, 26, or in 2018, Charlie Crist in 2022, opposed school choice. In fact, Andrew Gillum wanted to roll it back, wanted to get rid of it, wanted to get rid of the Jeb Bush reforms. School choice, school choice is the civil rights issue of our day. You want to meaningfully help poor families, allow them escape from failing public schools. Not every kid can. And this is where the left's argument comes in about equity and equality, that, that because one kid can't, no kid should. I actually think it's it, very different. If one child, if we can rescue one child, we should. If we can save one kid, we make these arguments about the criminal justice system. We don't do, we, if, if we, in our criminal justice system, allow one child or in our criminal justice system, we allow one guilty man to go free so that no innocent man goes to prison. That's what we do. That's that's the standard. We would rather allow a guilty man to go free than for an innocent man to go to jail. Why can't we have that same standard with schools? Rather have one child go to a better education system than have every child trapped in a failing school. Why must every child fail unless all children? It, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I am very disappointed in Republicans in my state of Georgia for not going on and passing school choice. I think it might pass. I've been told it looks like they may have the votes, and I hope they do it. Uh, it's sad that they will restrict it so that not everybody can take advantage of it, but at least it's a good start. We should, in every state, enable kids to escape failing public schools. You want to meaningfully improve the lives of black families in America? Allow them to escape failing public schools to better private schools of their choice. Don't stop them or impede them from doing it and improve their children's lives. More calls when we come back and also the Scott Walker, Ron DeSantis problem. Hi there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. And boy, am I glad Don called because I keep putting this subject off, kicking the can down the road and he's calling and asking about it. So I'm going to take it. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Eric. 
So the last time I donated to a campaign was Ronald Reagan in 1988. And then I, I donated to Herschel Walker for the runoff because I thought he wasn't being very well served. And on the donation form, it said that I wouldn't be on a list. And now my phone is blowing up in emails and texts for advocacy groups that I have no intention to have any any relationship with. As Darth Vader said, the grift is strong with this one, and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, um, this is a huge problem on the right, and it's more of a problem on the right than the left. So let, let me explain uh, one, one of the big differences here. So the left now has a fundraising portal. It's called Act Blue. Virtually every Democratic campaign in America raises money on the Act Blue platform. And the Act Blue platform regulates how campaigns and other groups can contact the donors. So the Democrats have campaign spam. They have campaign email spam and text message spam like, but not nearly to the degree that we have on our side. The right now has something called Win Red, and I'm not as big a fan of the platform, and, and I'm, I, I got concerns about the platform. But uh, most campaigns now use it. I don't know that it's as well-regulated as Act Blue, and I have a lot of concerns about how the information is shared and the spam that comes through. I myself get an obscene amount of emails from organizations that have clearly been trading information. I get a lot of uh, text messages on my phone and I report them all as spam. They're completely unsolicited. I do unsubscribe to all of them, but that's not the only grift that's happening on the right right now. We're seeing this in these organizations that set up and claim to be supporting uh, candidates and they're not. Uh, we see this with super PACs claiming they're raising money for candidates and they're really not. And it you gotta educate yourself a lot. By and large, what I now do, my standard rule of thumb, is I only give, there are very few outside groups I give money to. The Club for Growth is one of those outside groups. I, I support the Club for Growth, I like the Club for Growth, and I like Club for Growth candidates. And I give money to the Club for Growth and to candidates the Club for Growth supports. Otherwise, I generally give money directly to candidates and I don't give to these super PACs. Uh, the super PACs, they're really focused on raising money from the millionaires and the billionaires anyway. They don't need me. Um, but you also have to do a little research. For example, there have been a couple of super PACs created to support various candidates, like, for example, Ron DeSantis. Uh, and none of them are, are uh, really raising money for DeSantis. There's a new one created, Never Give Up or Never Back Down. That is the official super PAC for Ron DeSantis. Uh, my buddy Ken Cuccinelli runs it. I'm not giving money to it because they're, I think, getting money from the millionaires and the billionaires. They don't need me. I would rather give money directly to candidates. Go to the candidate's website. Give money to the candidate. Do not give money to outside groups. And then you got to keep in mind some of the grifter candidates out there. There are people who just run all the time for political office, and I am not giving any of those people a bunch of money. I, I'm just, I, I refuse to give tons of money to perennial candidates. If there is a candidate that 
just constantly runs for office, I have no reason to give that candidate a bunch of money. There is generally no reason to give a candidate reams of data that um, that reams of money and reams of data when that candidate is just going to continuously regurgitate their campaign. They're just going to move around even and run. You got to avoid those candidates. If I have a candidate and he loses, I may support a second time. Rich McCormick in Georgia is a good example of this. Rich McCormick was a fantastic candidate. He ran in a district in a bad year for Republicans, and the district leaned slightly Democrat, and he lost. He then decided to run again, ran in a district for redrawn. The new district he was running in was a district for Republicans. He's a great candidate. I supported him. He won. If he ran a third time in a similar situation, probably wouldn't have supported him, but he won. He's a great candidate. He deserved to win. My buddy Chip Roy in Texas, longtime friend of mine. He ran for office. I gave him money. One of the few candidates lately I've given money to. And he won, and he's kept winning, and I keep sending that guy money because he's awesome. But then there are other people uh, who they just keep running for office. You know, I, I had this conversation with a friend of mine about Alan Keyes. I actually had somebody call in the other day about Alan Keyes. I thought Alan Keyes, when he ran the first time, was great. And I liked him in 2000, but by then he already struck me as a not a very serious candidate, just constantly running for office. I just couldn't support him. I don't like candidates, perennial candidates, who you know they're just going to show up on the ballot. It happens all the time. There's some dude I've never even heard of. He's running for president right now. And I'm not talking Vivek Ramaswamy. There's some guy, I cannot remember the guy's name, never heard of the guy, but he's got his name down saying I'm a candidate for president on the ballot. And he, he's trying to qualify to get on ballots. I, I don't know who this person is. I know he didn't have a, a chance in hell. Vivek Ramaswamy has a lot of money. He could sell fun. He could he could get attention. He could go far. This guy, never even heard of him, but he's, he want, wants to be on my show, wants to be interviewed. Why would I waste my time profiling a candidate with zero shot of anything, including the cabinet position? There's just no way. You got to watch out for the grifters, people. They are everywhere on the right right now. And a lot of it is young guys who are trying to convince you that they are on the side of a candidate. You see these 20 and 30-something, they're supposed political consultants. They've done nothing in their life except try to grift people for money. It's just miserable to see it happening. Back to the phones. Darren, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Great. Um, I was calling about school choice in Georgia. So Georgia does have a very limited scope choice in place. It's called uh, SB10. Um, and what it is is the kids have to ha- have to be on an IEP and their, their home school has to be a failing school. Um, the state then gives about uh, about $5,000 for towards private school, which helps, but doesn't cover everything, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, your child has to be on uh, like special services, uh, mine has speech therapy. So. Yeah, and we've got um, we've got some of these options already in Georgia. The the new one would uh, allow the state payment of funds that go to a local public school to instead go to the parents directly, and they can it follows them. So, a lot of people who oppose school choice they miss this key point. Local counties tend to raise money with property taxes, and that's where you get the money for your schools. And it doesn't matter whether you have a kid in the school or not. 
you as a property taxpayer pay to run the schools in your county with your property taxes. It differs depending on state, but typically it's property taxes. And it doesn't matter whether you have kids or not, your property taxes go to fund the local school system. Every state, however, sends money to local school systems too. And it's based on the number of kids in those systems. You take your kid out of a school, the money from the state goes away too. So you decide your school is failing the kid, you're going to homeschool the kid. The money that the state pays in Georgia at $6,000, the money the state pays to the school goes away. You got to have a kid in the school to get the state money. The kid gets out of the school, it goes away. If the kid moves to a different school, the money moves to the different school. So what the school choice proposal in Georgia is, is why not have that money keep following the kid? The school, the public schools don't get the money unless the kid's there. So let the money follow the kid. So if the kid goes to a private school, let's give the private school that $6,000 to offset the tuition. And what the left says is, well, this only benefits rich kids because they can pay. No, no, no. There are some school systems that will essentially scholarship a kid into a private school who's a poor kid who gets that money from the state. They'll let the state cover it or they will supplement it with other scholarship funds to be able to help it. It's a meaningful way to get a poor child out of a school system that's failing if the poor kid has the parents engaged enough to want to do that. I just it, it makes so much sense to me to allow stuff like this to happen. I think that uh, it's, it's a great idea. And I genuinely, truly believe that we as a people should rally around the idea of school choice. We as a people should rally around uh, allowing kids out of schools. It's one of the things I think that, that makes Florida such a good, good um, state to see this program in Florida, if your parent is a police officer in the state, your kid gets to take advantage of, of the Florida program. If your parent is in the military, they get to take care of it. If, you're, if your family um, makes a certain amount of money less than or above the poverty line, they get to take advantage of it. The state's now expanding the program, but it allows kids to go into charter schools and private schools and it's had a real impact. Not only has it had a real impact on kids, it has not affected rural counties. That's the problem in my state. Rural county legislators are concerned it's going to hurt their local public schools. It's not. Look at Florida. Florida's a great example of this. There are rural counties in Florida. Those rural school systems were not impacted by Florida's changes. In Georgia, wherever, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not something that has to be worried about, even though it's what they fret over, because local public school superintendents, Uh, scare local state legislators. But it allows people meaningful access. Ron DeSantis has been a big advocate of school change, school choice in Florida. You know, he's getting dragged down right now. There are a series of stories out about his polling. His polling is declining. The polling is declining against Donald Trump because DeSantis isn't responding. And and I got to imagine his campaign knew something like this would happen. He's clearly about to run for president. He has not announced he's running for president. All of the other candidates are piling on DeSantis, and his polling's going down. Now, you're thinking, wait a second, wait a second. The polling is garbage. Yes, you are correct. The polling is garbage. Although, if we're honest about it, you pull out all the bad Republican polls from 2022, the polling average got it right. 
it was the uh, Trafalgar polls that screwed up the polling average. You take Trafalgar out, the polling average pretty much nailed 2022. These Republican pollsters were shaping the results in a way Republicans believe would happen. You take them out of the polling, the polling was pretty much dialed in. But let's, let's forget how bad the pollster, let's just take pollster for pollster and look at one pollster's polls of Ron DeSantis and add all the others in. Every pollster who's polled the DeSantis versus Trump dynamic is seeing a decline in, in DeSantis's polling numbers, which suggests to me if all of them are seeing the same trend line, the polling number is crap, but the trend line is real. But it doesn't really matter. We're a, only a little bit less than a year from the Iowa caucus. We're about 300 days from voting. DeSantis is an undeclared candidate. Nikki Haley's polling has gone up between 5 and 10% since she declared her candidacy. DeSantis's will go up too as he becomes a formal candidate. And once he becomes a formal candidate, then he begins to respond and he begins to make his case and he begins to have a media build out. A lot of media reporters are looking for a close example for this, and they're coming with Scott Walker. And they're saying, this is just like Scott Walker. Everybody wanted Scott Walker to run. He got into the race he flailed about. He didn't do anything. That's not really true, though. Right now, Ron DeSantis has about a third of the Republicans who want him to run. In the polling averages, Ron DeSantis has about a third. Take the poll average. Again, the bottom line number may not be real, but the trend lines tend to be pretty accurate. And the trend lines point to about a third to to 45% of Republicans want Ron DeSantis as the GOP nominee. You know what it was for Scott Walker at this time in 2015? 7%. 7%. And that, by the way, was the largest consensus. There were so many people, it was so divided. Scott Walker was like leading the pack at 7%. It's a vast difference between then and now. A vast difference. I think the race is still going to be shaped up. I think it's still early. There's going to be a lot of money poured in. And if I were in the DeSantis camp, I wouldn't be freaked out by the decline in polling. He's not even announced yet. Just let it run its course. Now, you need to let an Eden Pure thunderstorm run its course in your house. If you've got bad odors, you can go to EdenPureDeals.com and you can put in the discount code ERIC and get three of them for less than $200. EdenPureDeals.com. You put ERIC in, E-R-I-C-K, you get three Eden Pure thunderstorms. Now, they're air purifiers, so they trap the dust, the pollen, the mildew, the mold that's floating in the air. You can wipe it out. They're filterless. They use electrostatic plates. But where they shine, where they really stand out from the pack is odor elimination. They don't mask odors. They don't hide odors. They eliminate odors. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm can get rid of smoke odors, litter box odors, general pet odors, cooking odors, musty odors, you name it. So if you have a musty basement, fire up the Eden Pure. It takes out the, the odors. You have a, a, a smoky rental car, fire up the Eden Pure. It takes out the odors. You get three of them, one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, or your RV. Keep one in your travel bag like I do. We're going to the beach next week. I'll have one with me just to be on the safe side. I always travel with mine. They fit in your suitcase so well. They're a little bit bigger than the size of your hand. You can plug it in with a USB cord or plug it into the wall. EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is just Eric, E-R-I-C-K. My name on the front page of the website, EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Eric. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Let me take one more phone call today. Reggie, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Yes, Eric. Thank you so much for taking my call to you and the audience. 
I wanted to give a, a couple of different angles on uh, on slavery, and you mentioned the reparations question. And uh, for your audience that may not be well-versed in some of the historical facts about slavery and the impact of slavery, I just wanted to offer some of those uh, to, to have them understand why there is a legitimate uh, there's a legitimate movement on. Uh, All right. So Reggie, let, let me just tell America. you, you, you set yourself up on that and, and you got about a minute, maybe 30 seconds here to, okay. to be able to. Okay. Well, real quick, uh, Eric, uh, one of the things I would encourage them to go back and read the book by, um, um, his name is Eric, Eric, um, I'll call his name in a minute, but the book is called Capitalism and Slavery by Dr. Eric Williams. Read that particular piece. Go back and read The Suppression of the African Slave Trade by Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois. And then, two, go back and read The Peculiar Institution of Slavery by Dr. Kenneth Stamp and, again, A People's History of the United States. What you will find, though, that that why there is still a legitimate uh, argument and, and a demand for reparations is that blacks worked for over 300 years with no pay in America. And the, the foundation of capitalism in America, the success of it, has a lot to do with the, the fact that America was built off of free labor. If you look at 60 percent of the cotton that was shipped around the world, it was picked by black people in America and mostly in the, in, I mean, as far as the South and distributed throughout the world. And so that becomes cotton, sugarcane, and tobacco became major crops in America. And a lot of that, you got to realize, was done by free labor for over 300 years. And one of the other arguments of, uh, about reparations, it's not about them giving a check. There is a major land question that has to be dealt with, uh, Eric. Uh, even up until 1970, blacks had operated over 15 million acres of land. Today, they're down to 2 million acres of land. And again, yes, it's not about just giving school vouchers and saying free uh, choice of school and putting our children in good schools, but it's about, too, what is it that we're learning in, in the schools in the, right. the university? So, if, Reggie, I, I got to stop you there because yes, I got 30 yes, seconds, but and I'm going to let okay. you have the, the word on that, and I appreciate you calling in. I, you will disagree, but thank you for being concise in your argument. I, I think there are counterarguments, but I, I just I'm in a good mood. I want to let you have a, a well said word on that. I'm out of here for a week, folks. Uh, I love you all, but I love my family, and I need to spend time with them. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We can continue to agree to disagree and still be friends on these issues. Reggie and all of you, thanks for calling in. Have a great weekend.